0: A petabyte is equivalent to 1 million gigabytes. Your brain, according to researchers, can store up to 2.5 petabytes. How is it then that it's so hard to remember trivial things like where you left your keys, but you can suddenly remember that one song that you haven't listened to in years when it pops up randomly on the radio? Music is a lot more different from a simple fact like where your keys are. Music is tied to emotion which makes it easier to remember. Your brain is also hardwired to easily pick up rhythms and repetitions. This is why rhyming is often used with teaching children. And because of the strong effect that music has on the brain, recent studies have also begun to explore the potential that music has in helping patients of dementia and Alzheimer's. Hi everyone and welcome to a new episode of Lyrical Eyes. I hope everyone is staying safe Um, and I have to say before we start that I am absolutely pumped about this episode because we're going to be talking about the only band I can probably confidently say is my all-time favorite. Poets of the Fall is an alt-rock band from Finland and they are, frankly, outrageously underrated, and I can also very confidently say that they do not have a single bad song on their discography. If you aren't already familiar with the poets, this snippet from my 2014 interview with the band's vocalist, Marcos Aresto, will give you a better idea about what the band does, and also a hint about the theme of the song that we're going to be talking about today. Fall, and not winter or spring.
1: Um, because it it has a double meaning. It's also the fall, as in you know, going down, kind of thing, <laughs> crashing. But but also because uh, the season fall seemed to be something that we really enjoyed, you know, very much. But basically, if you, if you look at Poets of the Fall as a name, yeah, I guess the actual meaning would be um, going something something along the lines of uh, grace under pressure or architects of destruction in that way, you know, we are um, the scriptwriters of our own demise in a way, so it has this thing, but but it also um, tries to capture the spirit of, of doing, you know, if it, like doing everything you can as best as you can, you know, carpe diem sees the moment and then, you know, if, even if you're under pressure, then do your best, grace under pressure kind of thing.
0: You call your music cinematic rock. What do you mean with this?
1: Um, well, I guess it's because most of the times, um, I mean, our music's been called so many things. Cinematic rock is just one of them, but but it's also something that we think hits close to home in a way that um, when we write music, we we tend to see everything very visually, and it comes out in the way that we work with our videos and stuff, you know. So for us, music videos are an extension of the song. They're actually like a part, like a extra track of the song kind of thing.
0: Grace under pressure, such a beautiful phrase, and it also seems to be a recurring theme in a lot of the band's songs. Grace and pressure are such strongly contrasting words, and it's one of the techniques that you often spot in poet's songs, as you'll see in this episode and it just, it never gets old. The song we'll talk about today is titled In A Perfect World and it's from the band's latest release from 2018, Ultraviolet. In another interview, Marcus Aresto talks about Ultraviolet and the significance of the album title. He clarifies that Ultraviolet talks about the unseen world that influences our everyday lives, but we remain oblivious to. Metaphorically, it's an ultraviolet spectrum of light. There's something for everyone in ultraviolet, and that's the case with most of the albums by Poets of the Fall. There are powerful, dramatic ballads like False Kings and Moments Before the Storm, and there are neat and uplifting melodies like Stand Still and In a Perfect World, and of course the classic and essential and genuine love song, The Sweet Escape. Before we start talking about the lyrics of In a Perfect World, I want to point out that I've made a small playlist of Poets of the Fall Absolute Essentials that you have to check out if you're not very familiar with the band and want to get into them after you've listened to the episode. Uh, They've been around since 2003, so I really tried my best to wrap it all up. Here are the lyrics of In A Perfect World I've been feeling a bit on edge Lately, I've been careless at making bets Living in a world where it's always Monday 1am and dark and it's always pouring Where you can feel the weight of a new day rising By the neon furies of advertising But baby, we're not here to stay So hey, hush Don't be crying now, here, cause any day fortune may wander down, dear. And we can see a world that is milk and honey, the tapestry of life as a beautiful journey. There's always a promise of a silver lining, there's that elation of perfect timing, in a perfect world. I can see through their idle threats, so easy I can walk through their bayonets. But even still, I can stumble and fall, and every step I miss, it still takes its toll. Even if I wise up, there's always a price, serenity betrays, and troubles arise. But baby, they're not here to stay. So hey, hush, don't be crying now, here, 'cause any day fortune may wander down, dear, and we can see a world that is milk and honey, the tapestry of life as a beautiful journey. There's always a promise of a silver lining There's that elation of perfect timing In a perfect world, we'd know just why In a perfect world, we would never lie There'd be no reason to cry In a perfect world, we'd never die The first verse of the song begins with I've been feeling a bit on edge Lately I've been careless at making bets and the way these two lines are phrased, feels like that familiar feeling of being stressed a little too intensely than usual. And it's usually a gradual feeling with no specific trigger, but um, you can very easily relate to this line. And there are also many hopeful ideas woven into this song, and here uh, the first one of them is the use of the word lately. Although the whole line gives off a vibe that he is used to the feeling um, and to feeling like that every now and then, it still gives you the impression that this is not a constant state of mind. The verse goes on with Living in a world where it's always Monday and this line is even more relatable and it flows very well with the rest of the verse although it may sound out of place in the first listen because um, talking about Monday in general I think is more often than not used in a lighter situation and we're actually going to circle back to another significant thing about this line in a few minutes the next line is 1 a.m. and dark and it's always boring And this line has a rant-like structure with the two ands, and it works really well to get the feeling across. There's also a steady progression of intensity in the singing and the lyrics that provides a perfect build-up from the verse to the chorus. You can really hear the progression in the way that Marco sings and the way music builds up behind him. Further on, the verse goes on with where you can feel the weight of a new day rising and uh, this is a really interesting line because whenever you use a new day in a song it's usually presented as a positive thing and a metaphor for new beginnings and so on but here it is completely different mainly because of two things that they did firstly they added weight off before it and then they added rising after it Uh, both of which imply it's heaviness And um, this just completely turns the metaphor around. And I think you'll also find it really interesting how the verb rise, which is usually associated with the sun rising, which is also a positive metaphor. um, You'll find it very interesting how the meaning completely shifted here and you didn't even notice it happening. It just happened because um, of the beginning of the line where he says you can feel the weight of a new day rising. And just like that, um, the metaphor changes. Rising becomes a negative thing rather than a positive thing associated with sunrise. The verse ends with, by the neon furies of advertising. And at first, this line kind of took me a while to fully grasp but with every listen, I came to realize the smart and perhaps unintended dig at capitalism within this verse. Uh, not just in this line, because um, you have mentions of phrases like Monday, wait of a new day, and now you have neon furies. Um, neon furies, I think, is an especially brilliant combination, and it conveys the idea very well. It also works to set very vivid scenery. Um, A rainy night in a dark, sleepy city with neon advertising aggressively flickering over the empty roads. The structure of the song is your usual structure. It has verses and a pre-chorus and a chorus and then a bridge. Um, And the pre-chorus comes in here and it's just one sentence but there's so much packed into it. It also changes later on in the song and we'll talk about that in more details when we get to it. The pre-chorus says, but baby we're not here to stay. And there's a somewhat sudden change in tone here and with the use of the word but It easily gains your attention and gets you excited for the chorus. It also sounds like an interruption to the train of thought in the first verse, um, kind of catching himself instead of spiraling down this dark road. Like, yes, things are not perfect but we're not here to stay. I suppose the message you can take from this is that um, we shouldn't waste precious time wallowing in negativity. And this is similar to the idea of the song that we talked about in our previous episode. The song is Time by Pink Floyd and a little fun fact here that I found while researching uh, is that some sources say that Signs of Life, the first Poets of the Fall album, was named in reference to the Pink Floyd instrumental track by the same title. The chorus begins with... So hey, hush, don't be crying now, here. And the way Marco sings this is with um, three hey's. And um, I think this is why this line just feels very comforting because it uses comforting and simple words Uh, that convey kindness and it's just exactly the way you would normally comfort someone when you don't have a specific answer to their troubles and this is why this is just one of my favorite songs to listen to at times of stress which lately have been a lot and i also love the use of uh, here at the end of the line because not really a uh, specific reason to it it just sounds very sincere and kind of just makes the line sound more natural. The next line says Because any day fortune may wander down, dear. And the beautiful thing about this line is the obvious randomness and uncertainty of the possibility of fortune. Uh, With the use of phrases like any day and may wander, it's kind of a very mature and realistic way of acknowledging that fortune may come to you but you have no way to be sure except just continuing on the chorus continues with and we can see a world that is milk and honey and with this line comes a change in tone to a more uplifting one and is backed up by these soft guitar chords in the background it goes on with the tapestry of life as a beautiful journey. And I love the use of the word tapestry here because it immediately brings to mind the imagery of tapestry, and it's something with a complex, intricate, and beautiful pattern, but there's also repetition in it. So in a way, it just makes a lot of sense as a metaphor for the journey through life. The last two lines of the chorus are there's always a promise of a silver lining, there's that elation of perfect timing. And this line kind of goes back to the idea of uncertainty and the possibility of something good happening. It's also very realistic and mature and honest because it just acknowledges that there isn't always going to be a silver lining, but the promise is enough to look forward to. As for the elation of perfect timing, Um, you can see here that perfect timing is also not something that happens frequently or abundantly and that's why it's something that you usually react to with elation the chorus ends with the music kind of pausing and Marco singing in a perfect world here I think The chorus is kind of interrupted and the sentence feels a bit incomplete as if um, he was beginning to imagine what this perfect world would be like but sort of trails off. And now you automatically know that this chorus will later on lead right into the bridge of the song. And the way this works with me and most people I think is that it keeps you attentive to the song and sort of anticipating what the bridge has to say. And a lot of songwriters do this and it almost always works. And one example of this, where um, this technique works really well in the song, um, one example that I can remember right now is the chorus and bridge of State of Grace by Taylor Swift. So you should check that out to understand more how this technique works. The second verse starts with, I can see through their idle threats. So easy, I can walk through their bayonets. And I always love how Poets of the Fall lyrics almost always contain a new and unconventional word. Um, And here the word is bayonets because uh, I didn't know what it meant and I found that it refers to the knives that are usually at the end of uh, some rifles. And using phrases like I can see and so easy um, kind of implies that this sort of invisible enemy is um, obvious and easy to detect. And as for idle threats, uh, it could mean a lot of things, but what I felt most strongly in this uh, couple of lines is that there is a condescending tone uh, to the line. And what reinforced this feeling was the use of the word idle. Um, For me, it meant that he is sort of looking down on the things that cause him anxiety and understanding that the threats that are scaring him are idle, um, for example, not actively coming towards him or actualizing. The verse goes on with But even still, I can stumble and fall and every step I miss, it still takes its toll. And for me, this line just shows an incredible vulnerability and honesty with oneself, because even if you are aware of the invisible enemy and even if you can still um, sort of have this um, self-awareness of your imperfections and the things that you're missing, you can still stumble and fall. And if you let it get through to you, um, the steps that you miss will definitely have consequences further on the verse goes on with even if i wise up there's always a price serenity betrays and troubles arise and this couple of lines is a nice callback to uh there's always a promise of a silver lining um from the chorus and The running theme of the song, I think, is uncertainty of fate, be it fortunate or not, and kind of just making peace with that idea. Um, And with the line, serenity betrays and troubles arise, serenity and trouble are personified, which I think uh, serves to strengthen the contrast. Under usual circumstances, no one ever asks me what my favorite part of a song's structure is, but if anyone did i'll be quick to say that it's the bridge however another part that actually does wonders in a song is the pre-chorus bridges are important but i always feel like the pre-chorus is actually underrated and here we can see how powerful it can be Um, the second pre-chorus changes from the first one it says but baby they're not here to stay here it references the troubles from the last line in the second verse. And another example of a song where um, this actually is also very powerful is uh, Getaway Car by Taylor Swift. And I know that this is the second time I reference Taylor Swift in this episode. Um, I'm sure there are a lot of other songs that use the same techniques by other artists. But um, over the past week, I've been listening to a lot of Taylor Swift for some reason. I mean, I love her, but um, it's been uh, she's been on repeat uh, this past week. So this is why the most fresh examples in my mind of uh, brilliant songwriting uh, are by her. So you have uh, "State of Grace" for um, uh, choruses blending into bridges, and you have "Getaway Car" for a changing pre-chorus. And um, and also, of course, you have this song, uh, In A Perfect World. Uh, here, the as we said before, the uh, pre chord changes from But baby, we're not here to stay to But baby, they're not here to stay. So the general outcome from uh, this change is that we are not here to stay and our troubles are also not here to stay. So the takeaway is we should not waste time wallowing in misery and we should also have hope because our troubles are not going uh, to be forever. And you have to notice that this was done by changing one word in a one sentence pre-chorus. This brilliant message was conveyed by changing uh, one word from the beginning of the song until the end of the song. And this is how powerful a one sentence pre-chorus can be. after the pre-chorus you get the chorus again and then you finally arrive at the much anticipated bridge where uh, marco continues to sing uh, from um, in a perfect world he goes on to say in a perfect world we'd never lie in a perfect world we'd know just why in a perfect world there'd be no reason to cry and finally in a perfect world we'd never die and um, you can feel that he is just sort of uh, trading off and imagining that perfect world and in his voice you can hear the emotion of remorse at this unattainable ideal and also the uncertainty and hesitation um, whether or not this is actually an ideal world or if he actually wants this to be a reality. The more you listen to Poets of the Fall, you will feel that they are actually very good at vocalizing emotions through melody. And you can also feel this throughout this entire song. Another song on this album that is actually very similar to In a Perfect World, they're of course melodically different, uh, but they kind of put me in the same mood. Um, I've mentioned this song earlier in the podcast. Uh, the song is titled standstill so this is kind of a small recommendation if you've ever um, if you've ever felt a really heavy anxiety attack and i know this is like really common nowadays so these two songs always immediately put me in a better mood I was having a conversation with a friend recently and we were discussing this concept of saying a certain band is the best band of all time and my take on this concept is that i can't really um, say one band is the best of all time it just doesn't make any sense to me because there's always going to be imperfect things that a band does imperfect songs um, imperfect whatever it's um, very rare that you'll find one band that is actually perfect but i have to say that for me at least poets of the fall are actually pretty close to that um title although i would never declare that because like i said it doesn't make sense to me Um, but this band um for me they do not have one single bad song and they're also very good uh, to watch live i've been lucky enough to see them live in concert in 2016 one of the best nights of my life and as you get more familiar with them and watch the live performances that they have put out you will see um, how they sound exactly like the studio version of the songs and that I think is really important in a band And I remember how it felt like when I was first introduced to Poets of the Fall. The first song I heard was Carnival of Rust, which I think, by the way, is um, the most popular song by them. Most people know this song, but haven't really gone further beyond it. And the first thing that came to my head was how have I not been listening to these people my entire life? Some of the things that I love the most about Posts of the Fall is uh, their heavy use of metaphors and vivid imagery in their songs, um, and as someone who looks at the lyrics first thing, this is something very important to me. They also use dramatic vocals and sort of emotional songs, so if you have a certain feeling, you will find a song in their catalogue that mirrors it perfectly. And uh, some people actually call their genre of rock uh, something uh, named cinematic rock. A lot of people have not heard of this. I personally have also never heard of it before hearing of Poets of the Fall this term i think is defined by what i've mentioned before metaphors vivid imagery dramatic vocals and choirs and highly emotional songs so um this is it i know uh, i think the duration of this episode is um uh, much longer than the ones that we had before um i tried my best to be concise but like i said posts of the fall are like this really packed band so you can't really um fit their entire uh history into one episode but i tried my best so if you want you can check out the playlist and again i'd love to hear what you guys think of this episode and of the previous episodes for sure and i hope everyone is staying safe uh during the pandemic i just hope everyone listening is okay and staying healthy mentally and physically uh thank you guys for tuning in Uh, This episode has been really fun for me. I think you can feel that throughout. And I'll see you guys soon in our next episode.